Hi, uh, welcome back to the Beautiful Mistakes podcast, or if this is your first week, thanks for joining us. I'm uh, joined here at the microphone by uh, none other than Levi. Can you say hi? Can you say hi in the mic? Try that again. Can you say hi? Can you say hi? This week, we have a reading by uh, my good friend Chris Hamm. Uh, I talked to him not so long ago about, you know, his writing method, writing for the examiner, uh, and as conversations with Chris Hamm tend to do, we got a little bit political, a little bit philosophical, a little bit religious, but um, all of that will be in a future podcast. Today, I wanted to uh, have him read a couple of pieces for you guys. Um, these are ones that have been on the site for a while, but... I, uh, I think there's nothing quite like hearing the author's own voice reading uh, his work. So, uh, without a further delay, here's Chris Ham. Hello? Hamson. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Sweet. That means I... I've mastered all of these wires and recording settings. Awesome. All right. Well, uh, I definitely wanted to get you to do a couple of readings for us, if you wouldn't mind. Yeah, sure. Let me get over to where all my stuff is here. <laughs> is there something that you picked out that you'd like to read, or I can suggest some things? Well, I liked your earlier suggestions in the email. Those things pretty good. All right. Those are some of my more. My favorite pieces. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's do uh, the Venusia first. Okay, so just kind of to uh, get this out there. Okay, ladies, uh, to pay close attention. Because honestly, I don't know how you stay single when writing something like this. So <laughs> I hope that doesn't set the bar too high, but whenever you're ready. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> Who is it there, laying in the darkness, the sweet object of my affections, my rose, my lily, with sweet lips that whisper even sweeter things? She who uplifts me, she who gives me strength, guardian of my secrets, keeper of my desires. To Venus I beseeched, her greatest gift I was awarded, that love would find me fast and true, for such a thing I'd give the world. But so great a thing, so simple a gift, is the most important to my heart. Love simple graces, I pray, do not depart. Very nice. Thank you. So is there, um, was there any particular person that this was written about, or? Yes, there was, there was. Um, it was written about, you know, my ex Susie. Um... Yeah, it was probably, I don't remember when, I guess. It seems, it does seem like it was kind of later in college, but. Yeah, I think we'd been together a while at that point. But it was just kind of generated out of, you know, my love for her at the time and the the great wandering out of the ATO party story. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's a. That's a, a good yeah. one. It's a good story. Do you mind if I share it? I don't. That's quite all right. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I don't know. I'm sure ATO is different at everybody's uh, campus. 
I know they've got different mm-hmm. chapters, but at our campus, as you know, they were kind of like the Animal House. So, uh, basically, this would be a party where you go, get down in the basement, drink, dance, and get crazy. So, you know, Chris, yeah, Chris was kind of the aficionado of the party tire. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, this was Kirksville, so it was a big tractor tire that they probably found in someone's backyard. Uh that they put down there that you get on and kind of use it in place of like a stripper pole or something like that. Um, and I won't go into details about what acts were performed there. Just <laughs> if we hadn't been drinking as much, they'd have been very memorable. I'll just say that. So, so anyway, uh, just one of these times when uh, my future wife was in town going to one of these ATO parties, you know, we're dancing and had been drinking and we look around and suddenly Chris is gone. So I'm like, huh, that's odd. So we asked people, you know, did you see him go anywhere? No one had seen Chris. We peeked out back, no Chris. We you know, looked upstairs, not there. We came back down and like, what the hell? He just disappeared. So uh, Danielle and I decided, well, we should probably go find him because he was kind of inebriated and we don't uh, want him just wandering the streets somewhere. So uh, we got ready to leave, and one I always tell this story just because of this part, too. Uh, one of my friends, who will remain nameless because they may not remember this part, uh, met us on the way out, uh, asked, him, asked what was going on, and said, well, we lost Chris. You know, where the hell did he go? We have to go find him. And this friend said, that's cool. Do you want to go smoke some weed? Uh <laughs> So we passed, you know, uh, time was kind of pressing. So (laughs) we wander out of the party and walk all the way back to Chris's apartment on the other side of town, not to be found. You know, it was what, like two in the morning at this point, we're like, well, we made an effort at least. We're tired, we're going home. So we next day found out that uh, in the middle of, I don't know, uh, probably something by Parliament Funkadelic, Chris wandered out in order to pray and talk to God about his lifestyle. And am I remembering this correctly, that you had drank so much that you figured you needed to have a come to Jesus at that point? Um, not that point. Not that point. Okay. I might have filled that in, maybe because of the weed comment. Right, right. Not that that we smoked that much weed, you know. Uh, I'm just saying. Right, right. I've always looked back at that and laughed, so... Oh yeah. I think it's a quintessential Chris story in that uh, while there are many hot girls dancing around, he needed to take a time out just to make sure he was cool spiritually. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, do you have another one for us? Yeah. Um, I'm going to go with the, the my latest piece I wrote for you. Uh, well, for me, too. <laughs> the um, This is the first time I really kind of dabbled into a little bit of story writing you know it's based based off of um, the end of the book of Deuteronomy where uh, Moses is dying mm-hmm. in the desert um, I kind of tried to channel to the old old history and Judaism of there's a whole bunch of stories that come out of the Bible 
But if you're not a Jew, you have no idea exists. <laughs> right. You know. Um, there's a big tradition of Midrash, which is, I can't remember all the points, but there's five points, you know, five ways of looking at every Torah passage to gain different meaning and insight. And one of them is the stories that are told about different parts of the Bible, you know, filling, filling in the gaps. So I thought I would do my own little homage and kind of try and do a little thing about, you know, the death of Moses here. And uh, this is how we'll start with it now. All right. Okay, so just picture yourself in desert, high up on a mountain, you know, sunny day. We'll, we'll go from there. Look at it. It's so beautiful. Oh, how I wanted. The old man stopped. He's weaving a cool reminder of age and infirmity. Oh, how I wanted to set foot in the land. I know, said the voice, looking tenderly at the old man. A cool breeze blew while the sun shone brightly. High above, hawk soared through, soared looking down upon the earth through the next meal. Laboring through his breath, the old man said, I feel that I have failed you. Never, said the voice. You've always been my pride and joy, and also human. That is why I chose you. In all my life, said the old man, I never would have imagined this. I spent my youth in such idyllic bliss. My adulthood was simple and full, but your calling changed everything. Starting to fade, said an ethereal. I tried to do everything you asked of me. It has not been easy being your representative. The people can be so stubborn yet so frightened like little children. I tried to teach them your ways. I hope they listened. The old man started coughing and gasping for air. His body convulsed a bit, then settled, returning to labored breath. The old man lay there silently, taking in the warming sunshine, the blue sky, the river in the distance. He reflected upon his life, all its struggles and intense joys. As he lay there, tears started to fall from his eyes. Do not worry, faithful, and the voice comforted. You have been a true and faithful companion all these years. I placed a heavy burden on you, and you carried it. I am here with you. You are not alone. The old man brightened a bit, his breath growing longer and infrequent. He was saddened he would not set foot in the land, but he had lived so many years, and here it was before him. He sighed a little. Relief. He knew his job was done and felt his life ebbing away. He knew his struggles were over, and rest would come at last. Taking in his last joys, the old man's vision slowly grew dark. The voice whispered to him as he faded, Do not worry about the people. They will grow into a fine nation. Moses, it is time to come home. So Moses, the servant of the Lord, died there, in the land of Moab, at the command of the Lord. He buried him in the valley in the land of Moab, near Beth Peor, and no one knows his burial place to this day. Hmm. Very good. I always thought that was a really uh, powerful piece in the Bible as far Thank as the you. story from uh, from Moses, mm -hmm. how he worked all those years to get a reward for you know other people and only really got yeah. to look at it himself. So, Yeah. I think you really captured that really well. Well, thank you. He's a, he's a fascinating character, really. You know, I love... I love the stories about him because here's this guy that in some ways has this 
incredibly unbelievable life. Mm-hmm. But in other ways, you know, we're all Moses. We're all just someone trying to live their life when greater things come and are placed, you know, placed upon our shoulders and we have to live up to them. You know, and most of us, most of us always question, wonder, and argue with ourselves or with others about it. And, you know, in the end, it comes out just fine. But, you know, it's, it's also interesting to think about, I think, because, you know, you want to know what's, what's going, what was going through his head, you know, what the real Moses would have been thinking. Right. You know, with this, with this challenge from whoever, you know, to take this people and be their leader and, you know, teach them new things. And it had to have been, you know, pretty, pretty frightening. <laughs> and, you know, on top of that was, a, you know, this greatest prophet of Judaism had, was, was a stutterer. He had a speech impediment. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah, it's kind of an unlikely hero. <laughs> this great guy who, you know, was almost killed at birth, but was saved, grew up in the palace, then ran away and was a shepherd for, you know, 10 years, 15 years. Had some kids, and all of a sudden, you know, sees this burning bush and he's committed to go back to the land he fled from as, a, you know, a murderer. And he's supposed to speak in front of the pharaoh, and yet he can't, you know, string together coherent sentences. You know, and all the time he's like, I don't want it. I don't want to do this. You know, why, why me? Why are you picking me to do this? Pick someone else. Right. You know, and he became this great, well-known character in Western Western society, Western culture. You know, but I've always liked his humanity. I like that he argues, you know, with God and with the people. And, but he'll also, when God's ready to to destroy them for being, you know, ungrateful little shits, essentially. <laughs> right. The first one there saying, no, don't do that. You know, don't do not do that, God. You know, they're your people. You, you chose them for a reason. They might complain, but they might complain and whine and act like little babies, but, you know, there's more to them than that. Right. You know, and his death is interesting, and it is it's kind of tragic in a way, because, you know, according to the story... He doesn't get to go into the promised land because he got angry. You know, he didn't do what he was supposed to do at one point, you know, and that was his punishment. Right. And he couldn't go there. He got to see it. But I think it's interesting, too, because, you know, the last the last sentence in my little story is a quote from the, from, the, from the Torah. You know, and even though he didn't get to go there, he was buried by God. You know, hmm. Nobody else buried him. No one was there with him but God. You know, so it's kind of like, well, you might want to go there, but you got something that, you know, essentially no other person will ever have. Right. Yeah, I think uh, I always liked that he did get angry like that. You know, I mm-hmm. think it's very humanizing um, as far as yeah. even on a literary sense, just as a, a character. You know, how else would you react, you know, if you, you know, led these people out of slavery uh you know uh received direct communication with some divine power and said uh let's do this and not do that and when you come back to tell people that they're just you know goofing around being lazy i could very well see any person being like fuck this you know throw down the stone oh, yeah. tablets it's like you know i'm just going alone you know so mm-hmm. a very human character i think Yes, very much so. Very much so. I've always 
I was like that about Moses and some of the other people in the Torah. They're never presented as, you know, demigods or perfect people. You know, they're always, you know, messing up. They're always making mistakes. They're all just being people, yeah. living human lives, you know. <laughs> right. It's not hidden. It's not whitewashed. I mean, it is to a degree, but it's left in there still. And that's, that's a pretty powerful thing, I think. It's, it's good for us. You know, it's good to see even these, you know, mythic heroes who are frail and, you know, got angry like we do. Right. You know, I think yeah. it makes people more apt to want to learn from the story that way than if you just present all these paradigms of perfection that no one can ever live up to. Yeah. Yeah, even just from a storytelling perspective, I think it's a more powerful character that way, you know. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, maybe this this kid became, you know, the king uh, right. of all Israel, but he still cheated on his wife. You know, that's just a very human. A lot of little tidbits of humanity in there, especially in the Old Testament. Right. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, a lot of it. <laughs> well, all right, my friend. Anything else that you'd like to uh, talk about? No, I think we've uh, we've covered a lot, man. All right, well, we can call that good. All right, that's all we have for this week. Um, as I mentioned, Chris will be joining us again in the future to talk a little bit more about his craft. Next week, uh, I'm not quite sure next week. We've got a couple of things that we've got uh, that we're cooking up for you guys. So it'll kind of depend on how I feel. But um, talk to you next week. Later. <laughs>